you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. Client, here's the reason why. And this is what I'm saying. You have to know the conversion path as much as you can. I mean, make it your life's mission to identify that conversion path. But that's the thing, too, is we always want to look at every single thing you can. But it will scale. 15 grand clients and now 100 grand clients in a year with just knowing that conversion path and knowing that Google's going to miss it, knowing that ROAS is fake. So once you're getting this data inside with these broad match keywords, what's your analysis here? What are your metrics? What are you looking for? What are you looking to kill? What are you looking to scale? Now, what's funny is this whole account looks like absolute crap, but that's okay. The last 30 days, we spent 125 grand to make 288. I mean, that's not bad, but that's because they're branded is 80K. These mm-hmm. are just 150, 388, 127, 86. We're, we get $12 conversions sometimes. So when they come back and spend 20 grand, then we actually make our money. So we get a 4X return in real life. But that's, again, topic for a different conversation. But you're exactly right. I'm looking at what is actually happening from the asset group and saying, okay, well, if Google's just going to freaking take everybody and shove them into the asset groups equally. And I, we've seen this actually by impression of the asset group. You can see the one asset group impressions are the exact same, not the exact same, sorry, divided equally between all the other asset groups. There's really no like, wait a minute, that one asset group has got like you know 80% more all the time. It doesn't work like that. We can see that when it's divided up equally though, one or two start to perform better than the other ones. And then we can find out why. Well, what's the search term? That's about shopping in about search. And then also what is what is also doing the remarketing? And is that being split between the other two? The one reason why my I have a smart shopping campaign and then a Pmax here is because these two are actually targeting different audiences, which is really crazy. But you'll see much different metrics. And these are this is a Pmax with a feed and this is Pmax with a feed and this is just a feed. It's really interesting how these two are actually working together. Same products. Same products. We ran a smart shopping campaign for a while. And the, hold on one second, let me just see if this is even going to be enough different. This one's running 90,000 views on YouTube. This one's not. Cost per click's about the same. Average cost, way different though. You can see one doing more outbound. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's why I was like, what's the best? It's like, shut up. There's no the best. Like, Things like yeah. this, you can't account for or predict. You just have to really understand what's going on. So that $0.34 cent CPC, you, like you said, you got a lot of views. So it's obviously YouTube, Discover, Display. Well, what we always want to do is look at, because average cost isn't CPC. Oh, and, yes. and that's what's interesting is average cost and average CPC are, one's counting an average engagement and one's yep. counting the actual click. Yep, gotcha. But, but you know what dictates cost per click when you have engagement? Your click-through rate. If I have 100 views at a penny per view in one click, it's a dollar. Yes. But if I have 100 views at a penny click, I got five clicks. My, my CPCs are 20 cents now. So it's 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 obviously in our best interest to have average cost and average CPC in our columns to say, okay, yes, this is what the CPC is, but this is what the cost is for the interaction. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's good. And when this is running feed only, now it's not competing on ad copy. Yeah. I only have one ad that is is unique in both PMAXs. 
Yep. So then once you've identified those keywords, you've gone out and built those two search campaigns. What's the structure that you do with those those search campaigns targeting those keywords that you're building out? This one is actually kind of kind of crappy. It's just simple ad groups and simple broad. Broad match, yep. This is going to, and uh, sorry, this is right here, simple broad here. This here is what's getting the majority of the actual conversions, which is really weird. Get boxes, it shows up the most. Okay. And, and so then, that, that, that yeah. in the in the general, this was all all simple broad. Okay. So building out that that campaign after you've identified those keywords that are converting inside the PMAX and setting setting up that campaign using broad match keywords, we can assume that will theoretically get preference from impressions and clicks over the PMAX. Well, what cool. it does is it allows it to compete. Yeah. And I this is not a low spend account. And what about, what about oh, campaign objective well, on that search campaign? What, what are you doing with that? Conversion action I'm tracking? No. In that, so in those search campaigns, what's your campaign objective? T ROAS, max conversion? Oh, I run everything wide open. I never use TCP or T ROAS ever in any of my yep. campaigns. Gotcha. Gotcha. Except for Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. That's what's interesting here. Is this these general ones? Like, remember when I saw custom cardboard boxes in Pmax and that asset group? There's my there's my keyword here. It's gonna run that well? Not really. This campaign can spend about twenty five thousand dollars in a month. Though I spend eleven hundred on my keyword, and it's my yep. best performing in Pmax. I don't care. I'm winning one side and not really winning on the other side. It's just right. like you're winning twice, just harder one time. All right, cool. I, I'll take that. So. Once you're getting this data inside with these broad match keywords, what's your analysis here? What are your metrics? What are you looking for? What are you looking to kill? What are you looking to scale? If I stay above a one after the initial first purchase, I 4X consistently. And so my baseline is as long as the campaign or the account non-brand is around a one on average, will be will be good. So what I mean by that, 100% ROAS, you mean? 100% ROAS, correct. So if you look at the campaign, sorry, look at the campaign and you take out brand. Oh, no. I meant to do this. The last 30 days, 160. That's going to be a good month. Mm -hmm. That's because, again, like all things. So this is coming into our off. Yeah, this is coming into our off season. I'm just going to use clicks because Facebook is doing a lot of marketing. But that gives us a 3.27 ROAS. Look at this. This 121K spent, I spent 113 of that. And we're at a 3X return with a 1X, with a 1X. Now, this client, here's the reason why. And this is what I'm saying. You have to know the conversion path as much as you can. I mean, make it your life's mission to identify that conversion path. You be, I haven't touched this campaign in three months besides scaling. But what, what's interesting is the difference between a first-time order and a big order is $12 and 20,000. And so when you look back in here, it's like, okay, how much did I make? Spend 3,000, make 3,000, 4,000 and make 4,000, make 3,000, make 3,000. And then it's like, all right, now I spent 4,000, make 2,000. And I spent 6,000, make 34. Yay. And then you go on. This person here was probably a client I got a month and a half ago. Yeah. But because we've been scaling up like this here, which is why when you know your conversion path, you're going to know something really crazy. This is our trajectory. 
when I said this is like, you know, hey, John, like it's a high spend client. So this client started off with a 15K per month and now we're at 123,000. Yeah. And we've never gone over like a 1.5X. Gotcha. So this is in a year too. Yep. So I always want to make sure that if it's like, hey, if I'm going to say this model works, you can see the same exact structure I've been using since all year. All I did was just keep adding an aspen. Did I try anything different? Nope. What ROAS looked like crap? I don't care. It's not about ROAS. So what's interesting about this is I've scaled this thing up really, really well. Here's the best part. These people here, when I have a three MER, watch my accrual. My accrual is at 1.79, which gives me a three by cash. Why? Well, Google tracks for 90 days. These people buy every three months for years. Google's going to miss the recurring transactions because it can only go back three months. So when you have LTV that's longer than three months, like, hey, I have people that buy every quarter, every six months, your Google's going to always not take those purchases that you've earned. It can't see them anymore. It's blind to them. Mm -hmm. So that's why the CAC and LTV model also works. My loss leader is a $12 sample. That's what I sell. I sell $12 sample. But I know the conversion path. I know how long it takes. I know I can scale that. And I know that my rows can look bad because I know that every look back here, for example, going back to last year when we started this, this is something you always want to track, MER. And it's the same things that we're, we're saying all the time. 403 days of following the same exact model and just scaling it up like 10 to 20 grand every month. I have a 1 million in spend and a 2.7 million. And I'm 11% better than before scaling it up 400%. I come launched this company essentially for them. Mm -hmm. And I meet with them every week. And they now they're just, they're on board. Like, one extra turn looks good to me. I'm like, I said 20 grand more. All right. <laughs> like, it's weird. But that's mm -hmm. the thing too, is we always want to look at every single thing you can. But it will scale. 15 grand clients and now 100 grand client in a year. With just knowing that conversion path and knowing that Google's going to miss it. Knowing that ROAS is fake looking at returning customers. Not everybody's going to be like this again. I understand this. But this was a company that was just right off the street and I just met them. And I was like, hey, all right, so custom-made boxes, that's cool. And we know this down to a T exactly how and when and where we can measure. I was just going to say, could you, you were talking about conversion paths. So once, you, once you're once you looking at those, those metrics, you've got those conversions coming in. Could you explain to us the conversion paths? Like, Knowing your conversion path, where are you looking at that data? Are you using analytics? Are you interpreting the data analytics? Are you doing looking inside Google Ads? Yes, um, <laughs> all of the above. So, top conversion path, which we already looked at last week. Yep. So this is oh, okay. So you're looking at inside North Beam. I'm looking inside North Beam, which is a better version of top conversion path. But you can, I I built top conversion path in North Beam. Yep. For them, because I used it so much in analytics. So one thing that I've noticed very often is you need to know your new versus returning. I asked about every large purchase that came in, when it originally came in, well, who talked to them and how long ago was it? I investigated a lot because mm -hmm. I'm trying to find my conversion path. So when I say, hey, it looks like the brand campaign is now at a 6,000 ROAS and there are $90,000 in conversion value. I know that that conversion value here is coming in from a $45,000 sale on Monday. That came in from brand. So I said, perfect. That came into brand at 45 grand. Hopped on with Tuesday. I said, it was a $45,000 sale. It happened two days ago. 
where did that originally, or where did that originally come from? That that came from, uh, I would guess, inbound search, but how did they find out about you? And I investigate the hell. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that came from, um, all right, do you have a CRM tool? Yes, let's pull it up. And I just start, I go hunting and I find exactly where it came from. This was not even captured by Norpy. Actually, they talked to their, their sales team and they remember talking to the gal, the gal, and it took 11 days for them to convert. And she said that she was just searching around on Google and found us. So what's nice about this is I can't attribute this now to any sort of big version path. But what I can tell you is that I have offline conversions that come in through the brand from people calling them that are not even being captured by call tracking metrics because they were searching around for it. So the sales yeah. team is now trained to tell me exactly when every big sale comes in the history of it. So much so that when I hop on me, it's like, hey, John, got a big sale. It looked up like 17 days ago. I'm like, perfect. Who's the salesperson? And I just dig. And this is a $15,000 per month client. That's now 120 grand. But I got them to be that because I treated them like a $120,000 account, not a $15,000 account. So I just want to make that distinction. This is not high spend. I scale these two. I just want to make sure that everyone has that, that mindset that we don't discount this too hard just yet. So when you're looking at the converted path for anything, half of your information is going to come from the client. That's half of all of your information that you're going to find for a conversion path. Half of it is going to come from them. They know a lot about these customers. So the next thing that I want to look at, though, is I study all conversion paths from anything that I can possibly find. First thing, look through the top conversion path, find out the model comparison tool in the top conversion path, how much is coming in from one channel, then correcting on another channel. Find out what channels in between. Find out if there's a brand campaign running. If there's, I kind of need a scenario because it's like, it gets more general because all of a sudden I'm like, well, that there's six ways that are right and six ways that are wrong. So I'll just use this one, for example big sales. The next thing I say is what is your most purchased item on your site? Because what I want to know, what is the, what's the most valuable thing that I can make sure is running at a high level. Mailerbox, they said sells way more than anything else. People really don't buy the triangle ones. This is usually your subscription services and that kind of stuff is where boxes like this are coming in from. So what that we did is we took this item, replicated it about 50 different ways in the feed to make sure that I could showcase as many different versions of this item as you can, as you can possibly see because it's one product. So what I did is I said, okay, well, we have a lot of different ways that we can actually build this thing. Yeah, it's fully customizable. It's like, well, what if we had one that was this? I had a SKU for this item here and that one with this quantity of 900, SKU number one. Quantity of 850, SKU number two. We built it out in a spreadsheet. So now when you go and you type in custom mailer boxes, of course, now they don't, oh, I need a customer. I can't spell. So you got thousand hundred yep different SKUs, different prices same product i think that's the only one that we wrote that one's like doing 99 percent of the work we used to have a different one but then it got disapproved because it was a pure SKU pricing anyway our feed has got like 35 different versions of the same item gotcha. so i can also replicate myself in these here we, we also get way off spent by the way we're we're a small fish in this pond there's a different one right there and you see how there's different variants in the imagery so I make this thing look as nice as I can. So now I have a lot of placements. I'll share this with you what the product list looks like. It's the same product. It's a box. They have one box on our site. And so look at this. What's funny is our $107 one beats our 77 cent one. That is sweet. Remember when I said test everything, like all SKUs? Mm. No one would have predicted that, right? No. Yeah. Okay. So now that we have a bunch of versions of one product that I can sell, we also made those different asset groups like we talked about. Now what we're doing is massive amount of equal marketing. What I mean equal marketing 
is you're going to notice something here. Actually, I want to I want to see if anybody can guess this part here. When I say massive amount of equal marketing, focus on the ad spend, and you will see that these are equal pushes and pulls and sharing. Here's what I mean. This is the beauty of Google. Brand campaign, we hack right off. We're not going to be talking about that one here. I have a Pmax that's doing YouTube that's cold outbound. I have a search campaign and a shopping campaign that are doing also inbound and cold. So we got cold, we got cold. And then I have my remarketing here. So what I mean by cold and cold is I'm using less inbound search and more inbound search here, but you have a 1750. So 1750, which we know that, that here's 1750. And then we have an 850 plus a 900, which equals 1750. So I'm equally pushing as hard on inbound search as I am on all other channels. The reason why is the big leader that I was getting was Pmax. The second step in the sequence was SNO Prox, SNO General, and then Brand. So what's interesting is the conversion path was I had high amount of cheap clicks that got a bunch of new users that also were coming back with non-branded inbound search clicks. But I also had a high amount of good LTV from search that actually was better than Pmax, but Pmax had better CAC. <laughs> so watch this. In Nordbeam, when just using clicks only, because I really don't care about views, here's what I was analyzing, and here's the reason for the split. Let me go back a little further, because at the time when we made this decision was before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all the all the crap that just went happened and went, went sideways that screws up all my data. But if I look at just the platform, whatever. So here's some things I was looking at. In the last 60 days, my MER, bad, good, good. Okay, so search one on MER. Now let's look at CAC, bad, good, good. Okay, so CAC wins. Now let's look at transactions. All right, now this one's good, high amount of learning, bad, bad. Okay, so this is equal. These two, these two are sharing users because one's broad, one's phrase. This one's also going to be kind of sharing the same ones. MER, good bad, good. So now I'm second place here. Transactions, more here, more here than more here, and these two are going to share users. So at all things being equal, I'm going to spend equal. I have a better MER here, but this is also because these people were coming in on a search after also clicking on PMAX, that's the top conversion path. My CAC wasn't wildly enough different for one versus the other. My transactions weren't wildly enough different for one versus the other. My MER wasn't wildly different one versus the other. My transactions weren't wildly different one versus the other when you combine these other two. And now what is better, search or PMAX? Yes, they get equal, 1750 each. I don't care one if one's five or 10 points better because you give it another three weeks and the other one's five or 10 points better. So when I told the client, I said, I'm going to take all of your spend. I'm going to put it equal between Pmax and search. I'm going to leave this one for remarketing, this one for inbound, this one here. I have a multi-pronged approach here. I have, I'm going to capture everything. I have cold, 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 sharing the same ad spend, and then warm, warm, warm. And then this is a test we just started. Three warm, three cold, equal spit. But we looked at this through the customer paths. And you'll see it. SNO products, brand, general, PMAX, general, PMAX, brand, brand. What one? I did. Gotcha. And I, we spent, can I, spent, I got $18,000 off of a person. And which campaign won? Could general have shown up for the same as PMAX? Yes. Could PMAX show up the same thing as branded terms? Or not branded terms, but products? Yes. So these are all equal paths that all point back to me.
So really all you're looking at when you're looking at customer paths inside North Beam or Analytics, you're looking for confirmation that your campaigns are all interacting with each other. They will. Yep. They will. But what you don't want to do is take a look at like and as an example, I'm not using this. I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. But what I'm saying is if you're like, hey, if I'm using this here, if you analyze your conversion path in Northbeam or Northbeam, you're going to find out that a lot of times you're going to find some commonality between campaign types gotcha. and being more equal is going to make sure that you win because by sheer luck of the draw that you have a conversion path that looks like this one here, this would completely change the thought you had yesterday on what you get the ad spend. Gotcha. Which is why conversion path is important. We had a three directs of brand, emails, oh. directs, and then they ended on Pmax. That was five grand for that one guy. Look at this conversion path for $3,600. <laughs> this conversion path here does not match any other client's conversion path. But if I can show up equally, I don't make the wrong decision on a person and what they're going to choose to interact with this business. Yep. Conversion path dictates all. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.